welcome to the Pivot Podcast. Join us each week as we bring you something new. Interviews with experts and inspiring guests and panel discussions where we'll bring in diverse perspectives about trending business topics. Whether you're seeking inspiration or a way to reframe your future, we're glad you're joining us for this week's episode of Pivot. Welcome to the Pivot Podcast. My name is Alexandra Balistrieri, and I'm here with my Pivot Discovery co-founder and Pivot co-host, Kimberly Tilly. Today, we're profiling the Achiever Strength from Clifton Strengths, formerly known as StrengthsFinder. StrengthsFinder is an assessment based on a 40-year study created by Gallup. It's a common language of 34 talents in humans, and it's organized into four different domains executing, relationship building, influencing, and strategic thinking. If you're new to StrengthsFinder, we encourage you to listen to our season two kickoff episode where we give an overview about why StrengthsFinder is such a powerful tool for personal and professional development. Today's strength is achiever in the executing domain. Strengths in this domain always seek to accomplish goals. This is an internally facing strength. And people with achiever are known to have a great work ethic. They have tremendous motivation, drive, and tireless determination to reach their goals. Achiever ranks number one in the world population. The same strength can be used very differently from one person to the next, however, so it's important to be aware of this and how this strength might be influenced by their other strengths, their values, environment, and so much more. And today we've brought together a panel, all of who have this strength in their top five to talk about how they use this strength in their lives. So starting with Jose Miguel, can you introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are? First off, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with this fabulous panel and Jennifer and Kimberly, thank you so much, um, as well as Cece and Alexandra. My name is Jose Miguel Longo, he, him, they, and I'm so glad to be able to share about my strengths here with this group. I'm also a podcast host. I host the Coaching for Millennials podcast, where we talk about life, career, and LinkedIn, among other things. It's really a how-to platform for people who are looking to transform their life and really get deep into coaching. I'm also a certified life purpose coach, as well as emotional intelligence coach and a strengths-based coach through Gallup. So super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And Jennifer Bullock, can you introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here as well. My name is Jennifer Bullock-Jones, and I am in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have grown up in transformational change, so I cut my teeth in Big Four Consulting and then moved into corporate to open up some change management practices. And now I am a certified high performance coach. And so I'm just super excited about helping people increase their courage, increase their productivity, and just move to the next level of a supercharged life. So that's my focus right now. And can't wait to talk to folks more about what Achievers about. Thank you so much. And uh, Cece, how about you? Could you please introduce yourself and share a little bit about who you are? 
Sure, yeah. Hi, thank you all for having me here as well. So my name is Cece Wu. I live in the East Bay area and I am actually a social worker by trade and I do currently work for a biotech company working with patients. I actually spent a lot of time doing medical social work in various hospitals in the Bay Area. And so it is interesting that I'm here as an achiever, but it is, I'm excited just to say more about what it is as I hear more about it. I do realize that is definitely me in um, more than just work. It's just how I operate at home and my poor husband. But yes, that's how I operate at all times. Thank you so much. Alexander, could you tell us a little bit more about the achiever strength? Sure thing. So the achiever strength is the most common strength that people share. However, the way that it works varies greatly depending on the other four strengths in your top five. So achievers likely have to-do lists that can range anywhere from daily, weekly, or even yearly. Um, they typically set the pace and define productivity levels for others. They drive for accomplishment and they help their team understand their job scope clearly and progress at an, at an efficient speed. Achievers inspire others to take on more challenges and explore new activities as they see how driven you are towards achieving your goals. Let me ask our guests, beginning with Jennifer Bullock, how does that description resonate with you? And how do you notice that you're using this strength? Well, I have to laugh when I heard Cece and she talked about how Achiever uh, really works at home because it reminds me about my son always saying, Mama, you're always working. And I think the way it resonates is it helps me in some ways balance what's important to me because I'm very focused in what I achieve in my career. But I also am very passionate in being a servant leader in my community and in my faith. I am able, I think through my achieving, though I am very hard on myself, honestly, uh, I am also able to make sure that I make time for things that are important like prison ministry and pet therapy. I think that it's my achiever that really pushes me to make time for all kinds of things. I'm curious about the, the servant leadership part of that. It sounds like you do quite a bit of volunteering. I do. And what I tried to do with that is I have some other strengths, I think, that tie in with my achiever, like strategic. I find that uh, I use that along with my achiever. What I do sometimes is I help nonprofits grow, or what I will do is and actually help people who are trying to transform their lives, you know, in coaching, no matter where they are. I try to encourage them, no matter taking the next step, taking the next level, and being really compassionate with that. I think achievers, they push themselves, and sometimes that can help them to be compassionate with people that might be hard on themselves as well. Pushing yourself is, is something that is very common to achievers. Cece, could you tell us how that description resonates with you? Does that sound right to you? Yes, very much. Um, I was actually just thinking about all my lists that I have. <laughs> and especially while after giving birth and having what people joke is mom brain, I think that's the achiever's worst nightmare, where suddenly my 
very achieving, totally on top of it sort of mind is failing me, but my lists and my to-do lists are backing me up. And truly I have lists several months out of what to do and today and weekends and calendar, you know, everything just so that I can stay on top of it. And I realize it's much, very much my achiever side that's just not satisfied if there's anything less. So I really relate to you, Jennifer, as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard also being an achiever. You're very hard on yourself. I was thinking how we, we do need to be a lot more compassionate. And I think that's one of the things that as an achiever, I needed to learn. But naturally, I don't think I would have been able to without also people in my faith community. For example, I'm also involved in volunteering a lot and working closely with people. And that means that I can be really efficient and get something done with quite a high degree of excellence. But you need to make sure that on the journey, that people had a good time with you. <laughs> that it wasn't just all, um, you know, to-do list or just kind of productivity only, but really just seeing that you need to flex and uh, and see that not everyone is going to be in that same kind of mode that I am. But yeah, I definitely agree. Um, that's that's kind of my modus operandi. And then I I even noticed just all day long, I really need to be productive. I want to maximize every minute. I want to listen to an audiobook while folding my laundry. I want to do things like that. Just make me feel like that I'm not wasting that time. Um, but it is something, um, you know, Jennifer, how you're mentioning about compassion. I really need to slow that down to others around me who are not like that, who just appreciate quality time that count that alone as achieving something. Thank you so much, Cece. Just out of curiosity, how many to-do lists do you have right now, like concurrently running? That is so funny of a question. <laughs> I have quite a few. I'm like, did you have to go there? <laughs> so, no, you I didn't have a lot. Um, I swear to you, it doubled once I this mom brain thing happened because I couldn't remember <laughs> anything. But I have like like at least a like not to-do list, like a dozen lists, even like when I'm at a store and I already have a list building of what I should get there if I happen to be there because I can never remember. But actual to-do list, probably like two or three. <laughs> I'll just try to see. Okay. Here. okay. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much, Cece. Jose Miguel, could you tell us a little bit about how that resonates with you, the description or, or anything that Jennifer Bullock or Cece might have said? Yeah, so it, the whole description totally resonates with me as well as what Jennifer and Cece had mentioned. I think that we can't survive without to-do lists when you're an achiever, but I also feel like from the place that I live and the place that I kind of stay in and focus is being able to get all the things done. So I'm never satisfied unless I've seen the list and I've actually been able to say, okay, what is really the most important thing and how do I prioritize that list to make sure that things are going to get done and if something has to go into the next day how do I prioritize my day for my day after to be able to get the rest of the things done that kind of spilled over into that to-do list for the for the next morning um but I I when I when you have a theme that's an executing and for me specifically the bulk of my strains are sitting in strategic thinking I'm always that person that wants to see all those planning meetings and all those um, charts that we're creating and all those strategies put into place to make sure that action's being taken. And for me, it comes out really strong as taking accountability and making sure that things are actually happening when they're supposed to. I love deadlines. 
um, especially when I'm under pressure to achieve a deadline. So for me, it really works well to making sure that if I'm either giving it to myself or someone has given me something to do that requires it, making sure it gets done in a timely fashion. But it's it's the I would say for me, it's the strength that ultimately pushes the other ones to be the best they can be. And when I think about my coaching, I think for my clients who I work with, they're able to see consistency in the coaching program that I've set up for them. So it's holding me accountable in the work that I'm doing, and then I'm holding them accountable as well. Definitely. And it's really cool to see how this group uses the strength differently. But for the most part, I am hearing a ton of commonalities between all of you guys, such as being really focused and efficient. You all genuinely love productivity and maintaining lists and you're always working and pushing yourselves. And sometimes you can even be a little bit hard on yourself um, in terms of your achievements. So Cece, when you think about this achiever strength and how you've used it, how would you say the achiever strength has benefited you either personally or professionally? Yeah, it's it's definitely benefited me in both areas. I think professionally, I definitely, similar to what Jose Miguel had said, um, I'm definitely someone who is extremely reliable and responsible. If you tell me, I will do all in every aspect from every angle that's needed to figure out what's needed and get it done. And I think that's why lists are so important. There's like a slight worry that I might forget something and not dot my I's and cross my T's. And that's why if, if there's something that's given to me professionally, I will get it done and I will get it done well and on time. And similar to Jose Miguel, I do, I, he, he spun it kind of positively, but I, uh, I thought it was more like I was just a procrastinator that needed pressure, <laughs> but I think it is that just the deadline helps. So um, I'm very good with deadlines. It's very uh, unlikely for me to usually miss or pass the deadline. So as a, in professional sense, it makes it a lot easier. There's a lot less drama or kind of any energy needed to get started on something to get it done. I'm just able to jump on it right away. Uh, though I do feel sometimes colleagues get really daunted. And so I do need to kind of bring them along. But as an achiever, it helps. There's no, there's no obstacle. It's just kind of like, okay, there it is. It may be a daunting new task, but I'm able to kind of figure it out. And personally, it's in the same way. Um, so just even if it's just assembling something that you just purchased that seems really daunting or um, caregiving for a family member, which I've done before, and there were so many new medical procedures and supplies to learn, um, definitely the whole family would look to me as someone who could get it done thoroughly and well, and then start to teach others, like other caregivers and such. So it's really useful in a personal aspect as well, because you're kind of the person that can take care of the household that knows how everything's running and I can kind of MacGyver things when there's something that's wrong just because I have that mentality of like well just because it's hard I'm just going to look it up I'm going to do whatever I need to to figure out how to complete it right and so I think in that way that kind of drama or slowdown that a lot of other people may have that make them avoid things is kind of out of the picture which I find really helpful. That's so, that's so interesting. You keep coming back to saying things like daunting tasks or like MacGyver your way into things. Do you feel like the achiever's strength helps you kind of break down these big, bigger complex problems and like figure out a way to get them done? Yeah, I, I noticed that in the description. Um, I wouldn't have thought that naturally about achiever, but I definitely, yeah, because, because it's, it's, 
the goal is that I have to get it done. And even if it's huge, all right, well, I'll just kind of tackle it and see what comes along the way and tackle that. And so I guess in that way, I, I was inadvertently breaking them down into smaller parts when they came up to me. Um, yeah, I think that is a natural part of, of being achiever for me that I didn't even think about. I didn't even know I was breaking it down, but I was because that was the only way to get it done really quickly and efficiently. So yeah, that was it's a kind of a second nature thing for me. And I do find myself doing that for others in my life. For example, my husband is the exact opposite of me. <laughs> so he needs a little pushing. He's like, oh, that looks intimidating. I'm going to leave it in the corner for a bit. And I'm like, what? So then I'll tackle it with him, you know, and we'll, we'll be able to make it, you know, downsize it and make it look more manageable or kind of have a schedule or steps to do it. And I think that has really helped him. He's actually really appreciated it. So yeah, in that way, I would have never used those words to describe it but that's true yeah we have to break it down and then in an orderly way as achievers will with to-do lists and a calendar and then we get it done I love that that is awesome and Jennifer Bullock how about you how would you say the achiever's strength has benefited you either personally or professionally I had a funny picture in my mind, actually. The, the first thing I thought of, tenacity, my achiever must be connected to my tenacity. I had a picture of myself at like 3.30 in the morning. I worked in consulting at the time, and I also managed my own wedding, and I like to do things big. And I see myself sitting on the floor counting out my individual feathers all by myself because I couldn't do flowers. I needed to have feathers as all of my arrangements. But everything has to be big for an achiever, right? And so it's it's tenacity to to get everything done but also cc used the example of macgyver i'm going to use the example of rocky because i'm originally from philadelphia i've had a lot of big life milestones and i really do believe it is the achiever that has has been my survival technique um, there have been times that I really thought I was going to go under and um, Achiever was the piece that was my buoy. It was the piece that, you know, really kept me afloat like I can I can do this one more day. I can do this, you know, five more hours. I can do this. I think Achiever is just that piece that even if you don't feel like you're achieving, you feel like you can slug through, you can slug through. And so that doesn't sound glamorous, but it is incredibly useful. I am so grateful for that. And I also then think it becomes a, going back to servant leadership, it becomes a tool because it helps you relate to people who have had catastrophic events or will in the future. And uh, you can relate to them and be able to be a, a, throw them a buoy perhaps and be a source of strength for them. Absolutely. It sounds like achiever is just probably your top driving strength, in my opinion, just from hearing your voice when you're talking about it. And I love the story about the feathers. It's very fun and creative. So Jose Miguel, how would you say the achiever strength has benefited you either personally or professionally? When I think about the role that I have in my day job, I work as a full-time director of career services for a tech school. And we are, I, live, I work for, I live in New York. So we have um, the State University of New York system and I'm an office of one. So I support two campuses, 3000 students across two campuses. 
So when I create and map out what it is that I'm trying to achieve and I have my team working on things, it's really holding the stakes high to making sure that each event or each program um, goes off without a bang and it's actually successful and seeing the results and being able to do all the things that come with that. When I think about it from a personal perspective, I think it's what's really gotten me through my teens, my 20s, and even now into my 30 from really some challenging experiences that I never thought that the achiever strength was going to be the one that pushes me through. You know, sometimes when life has some moments of really, you know, challenging times, like Jennifer was mentioning, you are always looking for something to give you strength and to really help navigate and guide you in the journey that you're in. Everything happens for a reason and, you know, not to get religious, but God never sends you something that you couldn't do or you couldn't successfully navigate. And I truly believe that in all of our own ways, Achiever really pushes us to the limit of going as far as we know we can go and then some. And for me, it's always been powerful to see how when I look at my other themes and talents, it's really pushed me to be the best version I can be not just for my, myself professionally and personally, but also to the people around me. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. I wanna shift gears though a little bit and talk about underused and overused skills. You know, when a skill is underused, you might not give yourself time or space to use it. Maybe you're not being very intentional about it. An overused skill sometimes can come off almost like a weakness. So when achiever is overused, it might be because people are overcommitting or because they feel unable to say no, or even driving themselves or other people to feeling burned out. Jose Miguel, have you found you needed to manage your achiever strength? If so, how do you do it? Yeah, every day. <laughs> I think there's always there always needs to be a balance with things. And where I find I get that balance, it comes into, you know, looking at what my plate has for the day and being able to give myself the kind of psych myself out to be able to manage it. You know, today was a perfect example. I had six, you know, appointments with my students and some clients after the end of the day. And I was like swamped. I was being, and then at the same time, I had to go and cook dinner and get ready for this. So, and it was just like, how do you manage those things when you're putting so much on your plate and what do you say no to? Or what do you kind of say, can I leave this for later? And I, I think for me, when I think about, I go back to the first example I shared early on, is that everything's important. No matter how we look at things, we all feel that everything we do is important. But it's a matter of how you label that value of what's important and you make it a priority. And you have to decide for yourself. No one can decide that for you. You control your own time, which is the only thing you can control about everything you do. You have to be able to say, is this a priority for me? And if it is, how do I make it happen? And, you know, I, I think about the things that come up every single day. Sometimes we just never know what's unexpected. Things happen. It's what life is about. But being able to manage things in a way where you see the value for yourself and you put your value into it and being able to make those things happen. Jose Miguel, that's so interesting. And as you're talking, you're talking a little bit about like, you know, trying to figure out what you're going to prioritize and what you're going to do. And then what you were talking about earlier was like how this achiever strength really pushes you to be the absolute best that you can be. When you're working on a project or something, do you ever, because you're just driving yourself and you want to achieve your goal or whatever project you're working on, like, do you ever kind of feel 
okay, this isn't working out. I need to stop at a certain point or will you just push yourself until, you know, until you get it right? With what you mentioned, I think about certain situations and experiences that I've had where I have pushed myself to the limit and potentially knowing in the beginning that something might have not succeeded, but because I really wanted to see that through and I wanted to learn from the experience of what it was going to do, I accepted the failure as a growth. This is going back to last fall. I was trying to do a live launch for a product that I was creating and I wanted to test the product with the market that I was working with. And I had launched a resume builder boot camp and it was a live workshop event. And the failure was that no one showed up, even though I marketed it, even though I pushed it out there and I kind of did all the things that I should do and thought I should have done. And the reality was, is that I, one, wasn't ready for it because I didn't have a big enough audience that was looking for that. Number two, I didn't know if my target audience was receiving what it was that I wanted to do and if they were there for that. And then number three, I did this because I wanted to and I knew that it was a part of my brand and what I was trying to build. And I had so often talked about what talked about it on my own podcast and through my clients and the work that I do that it's just something that I'm like, I really want this to happen. And I still committed to it. I launched it and no one came. And I'm like, you know what? I learned from this experience and I was able to assess what I could have done differently. So the one thing I'll say is that like being aware of if you fail, it's a growth. It's an opportunity for you to learn what you can do differently. I couldn't agree more. And I'm so sorry to hear that, you know, that program didn't work out, but there is a time for everything. You know, like you said, you can always go back and it was a learning experience and you can see, you know, where you think those failures were and you can always try and revamp it and maybe perhaps launch it again in the future. You, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm doing that now. I'm working on building something that's even better. And I, I actually created a podcast episode out of it to help people connect with the idea of not being fearful of something that they can fail at because through failure comes so much growth. And, you know, when you're scared and you don't push out of your comfort zone, you stay in that place that you're just comfortable with everything you're doing. For all our listeners out there, we will definitely be linking Jose Miguel's podcast in the show notes so you can check out that episode. And so I'm going to turn it over to Cece now. Cece, have you ever found you needed to manage your achiever strength? And if so, how do you do it? Oh, definitely. So earlier I mentioned a little bit about just learning actually through working alongside a lot of people in my faith communities, having a really strong strive for excellence in whatever we were executing, but realizing that the journey really mattered, right? I mentioned that. Um, so just seeing that the part I had to really manage is especially when I'm working with all sorts of different people who really don't operate that way. Um, they really don't like to be pushed that way. They're really not that efficient. You know, they might need a lot of guidance, a lot of patience, things like that. So I do see that um, as an achiever, I can dream big dreams. I can really elevate the excellence and level of whatever we're delivering, but I do have to tailor it all the time and realize that, okay, is this becoming no longer fun? You know, like we need to have a good journey alongside each other as, as a team. Um, so I think that is one way. Um, and another way I've had to manage it is 
just what Jennifer mentioned about how we're so hard on ourselves. Um, and then I see that in the literal Clifton Strengths description, it talks about how we don't really feel satisfied until something has been achieved every day. So that it, it can be a lot of managing when there's uh, discontentment and stress. Uh, so for example, I'm actually on maternity leave right now and recovering and something had happened to my hands, which is pretty common to a lot of moms after giving birth. And as an achiever, that's like the worst when your hands are not operating to the degree that you used to. So there's literally things that have to slow down and literally things I cannot do anymore in the same way, but I still have that same achiever kind of motor running in the background and very hard on myself. And so I've needed to manage by having a lot of support and a lot of friends that remind me about how much is actually already on my plate, how much I'm already doing and to realize that I'm being hard on myself and that though these are good standards to have, it's totally reasonable to scale it back during certain seasons. So I think that's what's hard when you're not able to be fully productive, fully at your at your best. You have to kind of sit with that. And that I think has been hard. And I have been in a way also prone to maybe burning myself out too. As a social worker, it's really easy to burn out. There's always clients to serve and there's never enough staff. But I have, I had to learn the hard way uh, of really actually burning out to the point of just like actual fatigue or memory issues in my last job. Because I actually worked with domestic violence victims alongside a police that uh, was in a particular city. And so it was actually really draining. And so I had to learn the hard way about self-care and boundaries in that way, because I just wanted to achieve. I just wanted to reach more. And especially in my line of work, each person is a patient. Each person is a suffering victim that I can help. And so it can be overwhelming. So I think that's where the challenge is of needing to manage it, where I need to set those limits for myself so that I don't burn out myself and that I don't grow discontent with what I can do, realizing that I'm still actually achieving exactly what I can do, but it's less than what my high achiever, high standard mind would prefer. Definitely. I bet that can be hard, especially when it's something that you're just passionate about. You like being busy, you like being productive, getting things done. You like helping other people. You want to achieve more and more, but then, yeah, there is that fine line of, of, you know, productivity and achieving your goals versus, versus burnout. Jennifer Bullock, how about you? Have you ever found that you might need to manage your achiever strength? And if so, how do you do it? I'm high-fiving Jose Miguel and Cece right now. They can't see me, but I am. And have I? Yes. I, I really think it's important to be vulnerable. And so in, in the task of vulnerability, I absolutely have walked uh, the walk of burnout because of that. And it's because... I think some achievers may have a, this experience as well. Achiever wasn't just a strength. It became my identity. I had to achieve because it was a way that I was going to earn a seat at the table. It was a way I was going to earn love. It was, I was earning a lot of things by my achieving. And that was great, but I needed to be an achiever in my running. I needed to be an achiever in, in developing practices at companies. You know, I, I just, I needed to achieve. And I, it became to the point that I didn't know how not to achieve. I actually am working on a book now called She's Got a Name. And what it is about truly is making sure that you are clear on your own identity and that 
you understand that you are more than what you do or uh, what people might label you as. And to be clear on, I'm a faith-based person, so you're, you're clear um, on what the Lord has created you to be and what the Lord tells you that you are so that you don't get caught up on these types of things. Uh, for example, I tend to be a creative and I became so achievement oriented, I became very focused on being very strategic and doing a lot of things that though I'm so happy I have those skills, it took me away from my love of creative pursuits. And so now where I am is being very courageous about making a lifestyle now that allows me to balance out the achiever in me in a balanced way for the things that I love about creativity, my music and my writing, and still feeling good about who I am. Jennifer Pollock, that is such an interesting point about it becoming part of your identity. You know, I know you said that strategic is really your driver, but because you're producing such an enormous amount of work, it does kind of set an expectation with people at times. And Cece and Jose Miguel both alluded to the same thing. So it's a really interesting commonality there between the three of you. I'm also, I wanna ask the same question to Alexandra. Alexandra also has achiever in her top five. So Alexandra, could you tell us, have you ever felt like you needed to manage your achiever strength? A hundred percent. All of the things that our guests are talking about right now totally resonate with me. CC, kind of like what you were saying about productivity and burnout and setting boundaries. I think that is so important, especially, you know, I've, I've learned that over like the, the past like year or so I love productivity. I love making things. I love creating things. I absolutely love perfectionism and details. But, you know, when you are working on a lot of projects and things like that, or you're working with a lot of different people, you need to make room for errors or sometimes things just don't go right. So you got to like shift some things, which can add to the timeline and kind of roll into other projects, especially if you're back to back with projects. So I think allowing yourself to make mistakes, giving yourself a little bit more room. So you're not always filled like constantly with productivity and projects in your life, because it'll just give you some time to work on some other things. And you know what, if you're not working on something like that's fine too, because soon enough, you will be finding yourself working on a new project. So that's pretty much, I, I do feel like you have to manage that, that time and those commitments and what projects you're going to take on. Thank you. I love that idea about making space for things in your life, you know, and I know Jose Miguel was talking earlier about prioritization, which is probably one of the most essential things that an achiever can, can do, you know, as far as skills to master. And we've all been kind of talking about this a little bit, but I would like to go on and, and ask you all if you could just share a tip, you know, if there's somebody out there listening who does not have achiever in their top five, including me, what would be a tip that you would give them so that they could kind of get those benefits, even though they don't necessarily have that skill as paramount? Cece, maybe we could start with you. 
probably for someone like that, they need to feel, because as an achiever, it's a natural reward system just ingrained in us to feel really good when we check off that to-do list or when we complete it, because that's actually, for me, that's what relieves my stress. Like I feel stressed until my to-do list gets shorter, even though I can perpetually add to it. Um, but for them, there needs to be some kind of reward, some kind of joy that they need to kind of schedule in for them so that it's motivating, I think, because it's naturally motivating for me as an achiever. So maybe for them, um, when if they can break down the project into bite-sized pieces, but at each little milestone, they have something that they get to do. Um, I think that would probably motivate them and see that it's much more manageable and, and doable, especially for those that are maybe maybe daunted or, or kind of on the procrastinating side, I'm not sure. Um, but I think also, you know, not everybody likes this, but honestly, the achiever, there's a reason our lists work. <laughs> there's a reason our list and our scheduling and just being really tangible, like seeing it out within your hands, just kind of drawing it out or, or having it printed out. Like there's something really satisfying as you see that. And I think most people, if it just stays in their head in an abstract way, it can be really overwhelming. So I think that would be some tips. So like giving something rewarding and doing it in some kind of visual manner. And I think working with an achiever, I really feel for everyone who works with us, because this is like a really cathartic support group, honestly, because it's rare when we're all in one room. <laughs> but then if we're with people who are not necessarily like us, they need to be goal oriented. They need to be kind of clear too of exactly what they need and exactly what they want also so that us as the achiever can really, really bolster them and jump onto their boat and just be right behind them on exactly what they want. So they'll really feel just that gush of energy and motivation and help if they kind of have an idea of what they want. Uh, and we as an achiever are kind of like tagged onto their team. It's interesting about, about you mentioning that there aren't usually three or in this case, four achievers together because you typically only need one person who's that very driven goal-oriented person in a group to make some massive progress. And I also really love the idea of a quick reward. So there's a little dopamine hit every time you accomplish something or achieve something. And I do think that that would be really motivating. Yeah, it's not everyone that has a dopamine hit like us achievers just doing it. <laughs> kind of unusual. Absolutely. Jennifer Bullock, what do you think? What would be a tip that you would offer to somebody who doesn't have achiever in their top five? <laughs> Thank your lucky stars every once in a while, maybe that's a good one. Uh, two things I think is if you don't have achiever, but you're looking at, well, what is going to help me excel? I think being articulate, being able to share your message in a way that is really articulate is always a way to be highly successful. So you might not be the person who is able to get all the things off of your list, even though uh, achievers actually add things to their list just to cross them off and really feel good. I, nobody said that, but you know that you do it. And I, I think it's really important to, you might be the most articulate in the group, even if you aren't the person who finished the project first or did not do it with the greatest of perfection. So I would offer that up as a tip um, to, to work on the that skill. And number two, if you are not an achiever, perhaps you can find one as a coach. And it might not be that you have the money to pay for a coach, but there could be someone that you follow on YouTube 
who is a very positive achiever who can really talk courage into you and inspirational messaging that really makes you feel good and inspires you and gives you a hit of dopamine yourself. I love those tips, especially about the one about who you follow on YouTube or the podcasts you listen to. I'm like Cece in the way that I do listen to podcasts and audiobooks all the time while I'm doing other things. And it's amazing what can seep into your subconscious that way. Even if you're not consciously listening to it, things, those messages do tend to get across. So we have to make sure that they're positive. Jose Miguel, let's give you the last word. What tip would you offer to someone who does not have Achiever in their top five? So I have to agree with my fellow guests here in, in their regard and their, per, their perspectives. But what I would add to this is think about the domains in which your other themes or talents are under that may potentially allow you to really connect with someone in building a relationship with what their achiever is. Um, because I think that when you have that perfect blend of someone who is an achiever, perhaps isn't an achiever, you balance each other out and you always want to have at least one person in your group who may be, may be an achiever. The other thing I'll say to that is like, if you have any other themes or talents under the executing um, domain, don't feel like you're left out of the dust because some of them will have a parallel to each other and how they blend. I always think about people who say, I wish I was more like you. And I'm like, don't say that because there's all sorts of crazy going on in this head. But when we talk about the things that make me actually get things done, it's the people around me who are always supporting me that are there to be the achievers with me. I don't think it's just the job of one person. If someone really wants to have that theme, they should really think about where their other themes are and how they may already have that blend or that piece of achiever in it. One of the things that really also strikes me with folks who are looking to, to have the achiever is potentially think about the things that you do on a regular basis that bring you the energy to get things done. What is actually something that's going to motivate you? And take that motivation and apply it to all the things on a consistent basis so you can see yourself and feel yourself being more achieved or activated. Going back to what Cece said about, about the motivation, I think is very important but also about partnering with somebody who is, who is achievement oriented or relying on your other strengths. I think that those are really overlooked, but excellent points. Thank you so much. And you guys, I just relate so much to everyone on this show today. You guys are all talking about how you love to get things done and you love to execute on things. And everyone here is super accomplished. But do you guys ever like sit back and acknowledge your accomplishments or are you just totally on to the next thing? Oh my God, I'm on to the next thing. <laughs> Actually, I'm really, okay, Jose, Miguel, I admire. I feel like you have a very growth mindset and a lot more positivity, but I think I'm just really hard on myself. And I don't know if it's like a cultural Asian thing too, <laughs> because it's like, I don't, uh, it's not really natural for me to go and pat myself on the back or look at how much I've done. And I think for me, if I could do that, I probably wouldn't manage as much, right? Because I'd be able to see like, look, actually you've done this much and you can relax or you can do this. Like that is really hard for me, Alexander. So I, we should do that more, but I, I see your point. 
but for me, I, I don't really see that as, as easily. Jennifer Bullock, what about you? Do, are you kind of on to the next thing also, or do you do you appreciate your accomplishments? So I feel like I've just climbed Mount Everest right now. And you, you're asking me the right question at the right time because I have been, I've really been uh, challenged for years about, I've got to get the answer to this question. I've got to get the answer to this question as I've been achieving all of these things because I feel like there's been this, this one, uh, the purpose, what is the purpose? It doesn't matter how much I achieve, right? And uh, I finally feel like the culmination of all things is really coming together, even though I have to achieve 17 things in the meantime. As much work as it takes, I at least feel like the work is worth it. And the work has been really hard. So I can't say, oh, I can pat myself on the back. What I can say is I see my strength. For, for what I have completed, and I see my purpose going forward, and I'm really excited about that and, and what my, my ability will be in the future, because I know what Achiever will help me do and my other skills, right? So I'm ex I have a lot of energy, positive energy about that. And Jose Miguel, what about you? So I'm going to take the words from Ariana Grande when she says, thank you next, <laughs> because <laughs> I totally just go from doing all the things and move on to the next thing. I really don't ever feel that my life allows me for that time for a break, but I think that's also goes with being an achiever. And for Cece, I think that the place that I come from has always been, I think Jennifer, you might have mentioned it, was you needed the achiever to survive. That's been my whole entire life up until the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. The journey has always been about survival and Achiever has is what's pushed me to that place. And yes, I do have a growth mindset. I think that that's ultimately what I apply to my world every single day. When I get up in the morning, I think about my positive affirmations and what am I grateful for and what my gratitudes are. And I go about my day and I look at my to-do list and just keep going and don't look back. I'm like, if it's done, it's done. Great. Sometimes I do reflect and I do give myself the space for reflection, which I think is really important. A lot of people, whether you're an achiever or not, don't do that enough. But when it's big projects that may be exhausting, for example, like planning a career fair or planning a wedding or things of that sort that I've done in the past, I'm just like, okay, if it's done, let's move on and just say thank you very much for everybody that participated and supported it. But yeah, I mean, it's helpful to reflect. I always say that with anything that we do. Couldn't agree more. Our guests today have been Jennifer bullock Shone, Jose Miguel Longo, and Cece Wu. Check out our show notes to learn more. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please do leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Thank you all so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week when we'll cover a brand new strength. And that'll do it for this week's episode of Pivot. Join us next week when we'll be back with a brand new panel. See you then.